Welcome to the Fleet FYI's podcast, the weekly podcast by Utilimark that reveals how you can make the most of your data for smarter fleet management. My name is Gretchen, and every week I'll be sharing with you not only over two decades worth of data insights, but some of the industry's hottest talking points and key metric analysis with the aim to help you better understand your fleet from every angle. Before we begin, if this is the first time you've heard our show, Thanks for stopping by. Once you finish today's episode, if you could take a few minutes to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform, I would really appreciate it. Give us a rating, five stars, I hope, or tell us what you liked or leave us a comment or a question about what you've heard in today's episode. If we haven't yet covered a topic that you're interested in hearing more about, let us know. We would be happy to go over it in detail in a later episode. Let's dig in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fleet FYI's podcast. I am super excited to be back today with the one and only director of analytics, Mr. Paul Milner. As promised, we will be talking about what he likes to call the fleet model, although I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's still looking for a better name. So if there's any name and convention suggestions, feel free to let us know (laughs) if you think of a better one. But... Basically, what we're talking about today is this super cool model that he has drummed up over the last few months with his team, and it's talking about data discovery and a little bit of everything surrounding inventory, inventory management, and how this fleet model can work in many applications of your fleet. So without further ado, I am going to let Paul take the reins here, and we'll dive right in. Paul, welcome back to the show. I know last week that we had promised another episode on more mathematics and this time a very intriguing fleet model. Welcome back. Thanks. I, do you think mentioning math increases or decreases the the, the listener count for your uh, for a particular episode? You know, I for me, I'm a bit fascinated by it. So I would hope that it would increase it. And I think that that means that we're in for a good conversation. So from hopefully other people with the same rapid hold perspective that I have, hopefully they like it. But, you know, you never know. You never know. Um, but so this fleet model that we were on about last week, can you tell me a little bit about what that is and how all of the inner workings of it go forward? <laughs> sure. Um, so I think it helps to have a little bit of, of background in, in terms of what we've done with some of our lifecycle projects in the past for our clients. So, um, you know, we, we talk about our lifecycle model being three main deliverables. The first is establishing the optimal lifecycle. The second is helping people create a schedule for replacing the vehicle. And the third is what we've called our, our capital projections. So this, this is kind of where the idea, idea of the fleet model has come into play. And, and basically what we've built is uh, this mathematical model that helps simulate the replacement of assets within your inventory over the course of multiple years. So you can tell us 
how much capital that you would typically get to replace, and we would show you what impact that that's going to have on you know, your maintenance costs and your ownership costs and your fleet average age and your residual values based off of all of that, based off of all those decisions. And, you know, there's multiple different ways that you can impact that model by saying, cut your capital by 50%. And, or maybe you want to replace specific vehicle classes as a priority vehicle class. And, and that would um, impact those results. So what's, what's kind of changed is this thought on, on our end that we could basically take this model, this, this, what has been a life cycle model and we can generalize it and actually apply it to different situations. And, and that's actually kind of ex- exciting for me, right? Cause what's value, the kind of a key valuable part about it, this is just being able to simulate the replacement of those assets. And what's got us to start thinking is like, okay, well, if, if the input is the replacement of different assets over time, what other types of problems can we start to look at solving, right? Um, and one of the, so, so kind of the example that I gave, and it seems like every time I talk about this, I come up with more ways that we could use this, but one of them would be like inventory and not your fleet inventory, but your parts inventory. So every year you need to purchase a certain, or every month you need to purchase a certain number of uh parts, right, to make sure that you have stock for when vehicles come in, have enough oil, spark plugs, light bulbs, whatever it is. And the reality is is that the fleet model, this is something that could actually help you make predictions about what those inventory levels should be, right? Because you can say, well, we expect our fleet to grow by this month over the next 12 months, or we expect it to age a certain amount based off of what we're replacing or the delays that we've seen in our vehicles actually coming in once we order them from the OEM. So what type of parts do I need to expect? And we'd actually be able to look at, you know, historically how many parts you've need for, for vehicles of specific ages, you know, create those class specific profiles and then bolt it onto this fleet model and actually run it to give you future facing projections on what the inventory should be. Um, and again, that's just kind of one example of, of what we could do with this uh, type of fleet model. Mm-hmm. So then do you ever use it in um, like last week we were talking about EV cost centers and um, the life cycle projections there, would you ever use it in an analysis similar to that? Yeah. yeah. So like another application would be around electrification infrastructure, right? So if you, if you know what type of electric vehicles you're looking to replace and bring into the organization, maybe you need to start install a certain number of charging stations, right? Based off of the changes in those fleet growths. Or another like really interesting piece of this is the staffing side of it, right? So if we bake in assumptions about the different levels of maintenance that are going to be needed on the electric units versus their gas counterparts, you know, we can actually start to say, well, you know, if you install these electric vehicles over the next five to 10 years, you can anticipate a reduction in your labor force because you're just not going to have the same number of labor hours that you need or that you've historically needed to continue to keep the fleet running um, or or whatever your other options are, right? Less, less overtime or less outsourcing, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, the fleet model could help you understand that problem and start to answer some of those questions. Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. I see. Okay. So then when you mentioned staffing, um, because, you know, I get kind of excited when I hear um, models that cover staffing as well, just because I find, you know, the tracking and managing of personnel to be so intriguing. How would you apply this fleet model to staffing in particular? Sure. Um, so similar to what we do today in, in terms of the life cycle analysis, you know, effectively the life cycle analysis is looking at maintenance cost. But maintenance cost is ultimately going to get tied down to hours, right? Um, so for a particular type of vehicle, we we know historically based off of the number of age the, or the age of the asset, the, the miles that you see run on it, you know, we can run a similar type of regression, develop some coefficients around what the labor hours are going to look like for that asset as it ages. And again, the fleet model, like anytime you can reduce a problem back to this idea of my inventory is changing over time, the fleet model can take over and, and, and basically run those simulations for you based off of whatever new batch of coefficients you get. In this case, the coefficients would be the labor hours associated with, again, vehicle class specific uh, uh, equipment that you're running, right? We, we can apply that out and get you a, a, a projection of labor hours needed to maintain the fleet in each consecutive year as, as those different variables change. So when, once you have that total labor hour demand, then it just becomes an idea of applying assumptions to that to kind of get down to your FTE count, right? So what's, what typical productivity do you aim for at each one of your garages or what, what are, What's the productivity of different types of employees if you want to get that level, that, that level of detail in terms of the analysis? Um, all of that's kind of within the realm of possibility, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, I should say that like <laughs> fleet model as a name is kind of a stupid name, right? <laughs> and and it, it, it's more of like this, this concept that like struck me a couple months ago and I've been really interesting to talk with basically anybody about it because I think the reality is, is that normally, like, it, it's really hard for me to kind of explain this to marketing folks, right? Because it's like, well, what does this thing do? And I was like, well, everything. You no, know, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, what do you want it to do, right? Because, because I'm, and and this is me really just exploring the potential of the model itself, right? Um, as we're going through this, because I I think the reality is, is that there's applications out there for this type of model that we haven't even thought of yet. Um, and, and I, it's, you know, normally I, I'm in a situ, situation where I don't like the salespeople to go talk to, talk, talk to folks about selling stuff, right, before it's actually been built and tested. But this is a really interesting application where we have a tool that in some sense is probably really un, underutilized in terms of the benefit that it could bring to the industry. Uh, so I'd kind of like to have those conversations, like bring me your oddball ideas and like, let's see. Let's see if uh, this this type of model model could actually answer that question. Yeah, and you know when you talk about this, well, call it a fleet model because there's still no uh, Paul Milner approved name out there for it yet. Um, but is there any other data sources that you need to make this work um, other than just saying, "I want to do this"? Can you give me a projection? Yeah. So it. it the model itself is ultimately going to rely, like the model portion. I don't even know the terminology is so messy, right? But it's mm-hmm. new, so but for, forgive me, right? But effectively, it's the inventory, right? That's going to be the main component of this model. The second component is going to be 
whatever coefficients that we apply to that inventory to project out your future, right? So, so that that could be, you know, the different types of data sources. It, it really could be anything, right? But what we wind up doing is we wind up trying to reduce that to a set of coefficients that address the specific problem that you're looking for. So if, if, if staffing is one of your problems, it's like, okay, well, we need labor hour coefficients, right? If your, your parts inventory is, is one of your problems, it's like, okay, well, we got to come up with a way to get some sort of list of, of parts per vehicle per age or whatever. And, and the parts, you know, we wind up with parts coefficients that we bolt onto this model. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of different things I feel like we could be doing to, to create value for, for industries in the, or, or for companies in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so other than the exploration phase of this, um, of this model that you've created here, what else is, would you say the most exciting part about it for you? Oh, wait, hold on. Are you, are you trying to say that this wasn't exciting already? I said it was exciting already, but what are you like most <laughs> excited? I can't wait to share this. Like, what is that part of this model for you? No, for, for me, some of it is in just the discovery of the way that we can actually apply this. Right. Um, so whether it's oh, I, I, like, you know, greenhouse gases, again, another example, if, if, if you have a problem that can re be reduced down to changes in inventory, right? This fleet model could do that, right? So greenhouse gases is a big topic for lots of organizations that we work with today. Easy applications in, in the fleet model, right? We'll, we'll build some assumptions around how your inventory is going to change over the next five years, uh, get our greenhouse gas coefficients up around and cooking, and, and, you know, we can deliver really easily with this model projections on what we think your reductions, and then compare that to what your organization has already set as your goals and, and determine whether or not those goals are achievable, right? So like one of the interesting questions we could ask is, you know, your organization maybe has a, a, a goal to reduce the carbon footprint of the, org- of the fleet department by 50% by 2025, whatever it might be. The fleet model is, is like a short hop away from being able to say, well, this is the level of capital investment that you need to make each year over the next five years in order to achieve those greenhouse gas reduction goals, right? And and I don't know, I, I like that's pretty that's pretty cool, right? Um, self evidently pretty cool. <laughs> I feel like we should call you director of data discovery rather than just director of analytics, Paul. Honestly, no, 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 no. no. I mean, it would be I, I, fitting, I wouldn't it? I still want to just introduce myself as analyst, right? Everything else is too many words. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So what do you think is the number one top thing that fleet managers should take away from this episode today? Uh, if you have a crazy idea, you should shoot me an email at pmilner at utilimark.com so that we can talk about it because I want to use this thing. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Data discovery to the rescue. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a fitting name. It's really fitting. All right. (laughs) Better than fleet model. We set the, we set the bar pretty low with fleet model. (laughs) Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. But that is also fitting in its own way. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, Paul. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add about the fleet model data discovery, oddball problems, anything in that bucket of terminology? No, just just thanks for uh, having me on and allowing me to rant on, on this for a little bit. Well, as always, it's super fun to have you. Anytime you want to come back, you're always welcome. That does it for another week's episode of Fleet FYIs. I'm so happy that Paul could come on the show again for a second week in a row, and I hope you all enjoyed our chat about the fleet model and everything to do with the new analyses that he is working with his team about. Hopefully you all enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, if you have any questions about anything that Paul was talking about or that I mentioned in the beginning of the show... You can send me an email, you can tag us on LinkedIn, you can use the hashtag UtilMarkFleetFYIs, or you can just send us a good old-fashioned carrier pigeon. You know that always works out too. Anyways, that is all for me this week, so I will look forward to talking to you again next Friday. Ciao. Hey there, it's me again. I think it's time to cue the virtual high five because you've just finished listening to another episode of the Fleet FYI's podcast. If you're already wanting more on all things fleet and vehicle technology, head over to utilimark.com, which is utilimark with a C, U-T-I-L-I-M-A-R-C.com for this episode's show notes and extra insights coming straight from our analyst to you. That's all from me this week. So until next time, I'll catch you later.